All right, we're now on air, as they say. Awesome. And, uh, YouTube tells me there are 13 people waiting, which is exciting for me. I think that's the most uh, people that I've ever tuned wow. in at one time. So you must be a pretty important person, Mike. It's like a seminar class listening in. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, like a small liberal arts college or something. Um, real quick, let me uh, let me just check all systems are go. Yeah, I see the stream up. I got the text chat open, people. So if any of you want to... Uh, type into us. I'm watching. Joe Doe says, hi, guys. Xenogoth says, oh, hey. All right. Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm on this. We say hi, too. We're here chilling. Um, all right. I think we're we're all systems go. How are you doing today, Mike? What's what's happening? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to talk about um, Bronze Age Pervert and his new book, Bronze Age Mindset, the Amazon <laughs> bestseller <laughs> that is, are you has broken the internet. Yeah, are you? Uh, would you say you're a big fan of the of the of the pervert? Well, you know, um, I feel like the reception to my review has really changed how I view something like a fandom and how I would consider myself a fan or like an interested observer in the case of the bronze Bronze Age pervert and the okay the, the Bronze Age cult as it seems, but. Uh, um, I, I have been a, for a long time, an interested follower and, um, he has actually followed me back on Twitter and, um, <laughs> nice. so he I, yeah. And, um, in fact, there was this one time where, uh, like a little while ago, or I guess kind of a while ago on his original account, he like, um, randomly messaged me and was like, I noticed you have this DiCirco, uh, cover photo. Like, what do you, what do you see in it? And I like said something like about why I thought it was like cool or something. You know, and then he was like, "No, but what do you see?" And I was like, not really sure what to say. Anyway, so that's the only actual interaction I've had with him specifically. Well, and you're I, pretty. I was sort of amused by it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you're pretty lucky to have any interaction. He just blocked me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, your videos was not too bad. I, I mean, it was like. I thought I thought it was pretty. You know, I, I thought it was an homage to him. <laughs> Maybe he yeah, didn't no, say no. that. Maybe he didn't say it that way. Or, he hasn't said anything public, or I haven't seen him say anything about my piece. So I, I hope, I hope he liked it. I hope he thinks what I had to say was was good. Well, to be fair, I actually, I mean, I've only read like <laughs> probably uh, the first two thousand words of uh, Bronze Age mindset, but so I, I hardly really know what his shtick is, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you. Uh, yeah, you know, I, yes. I'm, I was, mo I'm mostly interested in the Bronze Age pervert phenomenon from an internet culture fascination you know i'm just very intrigued by all of the different personalities out there and you know how people are independently and creatively constituting peculiar projects and platforms and, and yeah. everything so i i was i was very intrigued and, and quite impressed i should say by the whole bronze age pervert uh book launch that was why i i, I did those it, little it's really impressive yeah. like the um i mean self-published books usually are like so amateur and just sort of like really a laughing stock in and of itself. And this, um, like it sort of showed that you can actually just get a lot of hype through social media and like cater to a specific audience subculture thing you already have in mind. And like, I'm sure it sold pretty good. I mean, it was pretty expensive for being an ebook of like really, really niche. And apparently all these people, I mean, I've, I paid for it. Like, so it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, uh, or I was, I was going to say like, um, so I think like that in, its, in, of, of, in and of itself is already like pretty significant, but what 
I was really interested in, in why I like sort of what I got into it in the review was I thought it was really interesting how much of like a pastiche parody of like Nietzsche it was and how it's sort of like I, I wanted to engage it on like on that level and be like what what is this as like I'm reading this as something that's like it, itself like a fandom of Nietzsche or part of like the Nietzsche like legacy like always being contested over for the past hundred years and so I thought that was um that was sort of like the terms on which I engaged in it and uh mm-hmm. so that was um and or what were you could gonna I, say? Yeah could I ask you a question there you said before you made a reference to how it changed your view of fandoms. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could expand on that because I also in, in making the videos that I made in my kind of uh probing of the the bronze age pervert phenomenon it actually really uh triggered a few updates in my own mind about yeah the the current reality of um yeah like basically the way that independent creators make these alternative realities uh that that large numbers of people want to consume yeah So, so um yeah there's a lot to say on that and so this was basically like my idea about I was like man these people really take it seriously when I realized that like once I the review came out and how like vitriolic a lot of the responses were and I wasn't really expecting that I mean I was expecting a little bit of controversy just because it was like kind of I knew it was probing a sensitive area of uh sort of like I mean like queer subjects are always like when it's like queer mm-hmm. stuff and masculinity, there's always like some sort of like odd mix. And well, anyway, I thought real quick, we have a question from the audience that's asking us, uh, why is BAP so special? Uh, Joe Doe says, I'm a newbie. I read his book, but I still don't get it. Um, well, you know, Mike wrote an article about it, so maybe he could uh, talk about it at greater length. But really quickly for a newbie, I would just say, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything too special. He's just qu- sort of one of many kind of strange internet intellectuals, although perhaps I guess at a larger, at a more, you know, concentrated and focused and, and, uh, sustained scale, I guess, than, than a lot of kind of, uh, internet intellectual avatars. Um, so maybe that's why it's special, I guess, because, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a sustained project and it is, it is quite intriguing. You know, there's definitely something going on under the hood. That's pretty, uh, significantly intellectual at the very least. I think, I think Mike's reading is even more perhaps generous. I think Mike sees a lot, a lot going on, in, on under the hood. But from my perspective, it's just kind of a fast, one of many fascinating kind of, uh, you know, experimental, provocative internet intellectual projects. And it just happens to have been, uh, he released a book recently uh, to respond to this question that got a fair amount of traction for a self-published ebook. So that's, I guess, what is special about him uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a short answer anyway. I don't know if you want to explain something else about that, Mike. Um, I, I think you actually got it pretty much without going like too much into, um, like the minutia of the book and because, um, well, what I personally thought was really interesting about it was how, um, like the, the bronze age pervert, like social media brand essentially is like, so obsessed with like, like male desire and like that, I think is like the most, if you were going to identify any like distinct like distinguishing feature of bronze age pervert it's like hunky dudes like well-oiled like beach bodies and like coupled with some sort of like esoteric message about like like this like rising like 
bronze age like essence that is like breaking through like from like the primordial like like just just to destroy modernity and like bring us back to this like golden age but it's all in these like really hunky like dudes that are just like always flexing and like well tanned and just like like yeah and so it's like there's something going on with this i think that's like really clear and um like there's some way that it's like trying to like reclaim or or so i think it is and but open to debate like this sort of like terrain and by which like we can like really like appreciate but something even like much much deeper than just appreciating like the male body and (laughs) okay here's here's a specific question for you i'm just curious do you do you think that uh bronze age pervert is multiple people or like what's your thesis about the the actual author i actually think that the book was had some co-writers but i don't really know enough about uh, it could be multiple people but um i've also like read other random stuff that seem to indicate that it's like this one guy that like happens to be a a strauss scholar and like (laughs) and somehow has connections to both brazil and france or something (laughs) and uh yeah i mean some other stuff but uh so i think there's like a guy like one guy who's that and apparently is very or quite dedicated to the brand but I also right. heard something like there are some other people that helped in writing it, but <clears throat> so um, we got a few interesting comments. We got some high quality, high intelligence comments coming coming through the chat. Actually, uh, it's actually almost too much to keep up with. Um, apparently, ex Thermidor editor PT Carlo, uh, I guess, talked shit about me and you separately, Mike. I didn't hear anything about that, but uh, he accused you of being gay and me of being. <laughs> And me of losing losing my mind. That um, PT Carlo had it had a terrible review, and his review called out my review, and it was just like really really funny because it it was like the review that I wrote basically like was so like monumental that it just couldn't be ignored, and he like <laughs> referred to that, and then like there was um after the controversy over when like my, my review came out and then like Nick land defended it because he was sort of saying something like, I love this person. Like I love the bronze age pervert thing, but apparently like people don't understand that it's like I- ironic or whatever. <laughs> and it was like, and then that was like pretty, pretty good decisive like thing in my support. But like people like PT Carlo were really angry. Some other, some other uh, reactionary frog so Twitter was was most of the hate that too. you got coming from the right. Yes, it was all coming from the right. Okay, I, I feel like I have like for all the things that I've written, sort of anticipated getting flack from the left because I'm like u- so used to the idea of like the leftist being like so like easily offended and stuff. Like with the incels piece I wrote, I was I felt like I needed to defend why I was why I would dare like analyze Elliot Roger or something like, oh my God, that he's a mis- such a misogynist. So I basically like wanted to like hedge everything and like <laughs> appease them. But then like all the shit I got was from the right. Like it was all these people that were like, oh my God, you're using like these social justice warrior types of like theory, theoretical terms. And it's like, right. so, well, and the, I- same with this too. 
I should say maybe to summarize for uh, people who are listening who maybe aren't up to speed on all this, uh, your article basically kind of tries to argue that Bronze Age Pervert is basically a queer project. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. kind of trying to reclaim, you know, the Bronze Age Pervert project kind of as as consistent with, you know, kind of left wing uh, cultural uh, movement yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I could so I can understand why that would garner a lot of uh, antagonism from the from the right wing. What I thought what a lot of the people thought about it and like the I um I thought a lot of the fans viewed it as sort of like oh yeah it's like kind of gay but like <laughs> wink wink like we're not actually gay like it's like this is this is just like manly stuff like bodybuilding like nothing gay about it. but like sort of like everyone's sort of in on it and it's they're like well aware of the fact that it's like dealing with all this like homoerotic stuff but like they're just actually like cool with it and that's sort of how I was trying to engage in it because I was like, this is really fascinating because it's like, they're both like, there's all this like homophobic content and like all these like messages that sort of like decry like the weak gay people or like, <laughs> like the, like the, like all this stuff that's anti twinks, like that is very anti twinks, but it wants to like reclaim this area where like you have these like buff men that like want to fuck other buff men. Like that's, that's good. That's strong. And I so, so I sort of took it as like, that's really what it looks like on the, on the surface. And there's all sorts of stuff that like all sorts, sorts of passages in the book that sort of like are closing in on like talking about like the bathhouse as like this utopian, like anonymous space and whatnot. But like, it doesn't, it doesn't quite literally say that, but, <clears throat> and um, so once the thing, was uh my article was written and came out and i think at first a lot of people saw that there was an, an article like oh review of bronze age pervert book so they all like retweeted that and were like oh yeah let's read this and then started reading and i was like gay <laughs> this is queer what's that going on in here well and you know one of the things that i'm really into right now is just strange combinations of of left wing and right wing shit so you know i mean like things have been polarized and increasingly polarized and especially American politics for, you know, the past several years, um, decades, even in some sense. And so, so what that, what that has meant is that more and more individual kind of intellectual or ideological issues, such as policy issues or whatever the case might be, are now more tightly aligned with basic kind of left, right identification than, than they have been historically. And so with this kind of massive bifurcation and, and polarization along the left, right, uh, dimension that's just really boring right like there are all different ways to combine all different types of uh beliefs and preferences into weird uh you know amalgamations and there's no reason why there shouldn't be a much wider space of of configurations of interesting intellectual projects and so i find this sort of just with bronze age pervert just as one example really of 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 a much larger type of phenomenon that i think is perhaps kind of underway right now in exciting ways where people are just starting to say like, God damn, this whole like left versus right thing is so stupid and artificial and oppressive that I can be all about sort of, uh, you know, gay men, fucking men. And also like alt right, like, uh, yeah. cults of, of power, you know, I mean, it's like, there's no reason there can't be someone who is actually a male gay man, uh, who likes fucking Abercrombie and Fitch models 
and who who also like hates social justice warriors. I mean, there's no reason that can't exist then. So I find that really interesting and cool. Sure. And like, I'm not that interested in Bronze Age pervert, really. Like, but but as an example of of this sort of opening, uh, I, I I find it quite you know a, a refreshing kind of uh, experiment. Yeah, it is it is really interesting, and yeah, I I think I agree entirely with what you just said. So. Yeah, and one other thing I'd like to add to this is I don't really want to like just accuse like Bronze Age pervert guy or the authors or whoever of just like being gay, like whatever, <laughs> like we are mean by that. And in my piece, I sort of want to separate that from like the like gay identity and like who would be sort of like reflected in what the gay pride parade is about or something like. Mm. And I think that like he it's very clear that he doesn't want to be like this part of this identity, but still wants to like be like participating and like, like enjoying like desire in a sense <laughs> and sort of like, so I actually kind of find that like, or what I identified there is like admirable and like actually the like liberating part because um, just like, it seems as if, it, it views like if you if everything needs to be like boxed into this sort of category or like you can't like be a bodybuilder without it being sort of like sort of being suspect of this thing that like subverts your masculinity and like sort of there's something really um unsettling about that and i think that that like the bronze age pervert thing really tries to like navigate that and reclaim that in a way and there's like all sorts of other problematic things that come up in it obviously because there's like <laughs> there's a lot of stuff i didn't even talk about in the review because i thought was really really boring actually like a lot of the stuff about like rate race like the metaphysics of racism and the stuff that was like really i thought was uninteresting like derivative of like the like Evola or Evola. I'm not sure how to pronounce that guy's name, but like <laughs> the, um, he's like one of the other, it's like him and Nietzsche that are like the two like big people in the like Bronze Age pervert, like mind, like those are the big writers that he's like getting inspired by. And I thought that like the Nietzsche stuff is way, the way more interesting. And okay. So here's, but, here's a specific additional question then for you. What do you think about my hypothesis that there is some deep, deep four dimensional chess going on here between? kind of uh, liberal progressive journalists in the mainstream and these kind of strange right wing, uh, you know, creative projects. Cause I noticed, by the way, uh, I noticed that you cited my video in your article. I appreciate I that. <laughs> I only just realized that when I was re reviewing your article for this conversation, I clicked on one of the links and it brought me to my video. I was like, Oh wow. Uh, thanks Mike. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think you quoted it as um, saying like an, uh, you know, uncanny connection between bronze age pervert and uh, liberal progressive journalists. Do, do you also have a sense that there's something very strange going on in that regard? Well, I watched your video and I was like, yeah, this is uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mean, it, it's weird. I wouldn't have noticed that myself because I wasn't really looking at it in that way. I mean, I was just sort of like looking at it, the content in itself and being like, how am I going to write a review of this and, and what not? But I mean, like this guy is obviously like smart and like smart people like talk with other smart people. And like, I mean, here in DC, like everyone is friends with, there's a lot of people that are just like friends with all these other people across the political aisle and like 
uh, it would not surprise me one bit like if these people were actually like conspiring together to like <laughs> to like get big and i mean there's like totally like this relationship with like the like liberal centrist like left uh press and like the subjects they write about and like so like right. they want to right yeah. well cuz you know what i mean one of the things that a lot of people don't realize like if you're not plugged in socially with like different types of intellectual circles and you know whatever like progressive academic lefty activist milieus or if you're not plugged in socially to these like you know right wing like intellectual communities and you're kind of just watching all of these sorts of debates take place from the outside um especially in the former case if you're not if you're not like plugged into the sociology of you know leftist intellectuals what a lot of people don't realize is that a very large number of respectable mainstream kind of left-wing, often very social justice warrior type of people, a lot of them actually do talk in private about, you know, all the stupidity of kind of like political correctness. And, you know, they talk in private about, you know, how they, you know, they see through it and they're not, they're not, you know, the, the type of person to care about that censorship. Uh, but uh, most of them are basically too cowardly to, you know, uh, put, put their money where their mouth is and actually say anything that they think in public. So, I, and I know this because I, I was like in, you know, deeply embedded in left-wing sociology really for like several years. So like when you, when you take that into consideration and you realize that a lot of people in kind of like left-wing intelligentsia circles are actually just like scared to say what they really think. That's, I think one of the reasons why the, one of the bases for my kind of like batshit uh, conspiracy theory, like comedy thriller videos that I made, uh, because it's not at all unreasonable to me or implausible to me that actually, you know, there are people playing the the cathedral intelligentsia game to, to power and money or whatever and influence and status, uh, but are also willing to like play all kinds of other games on the side because for a lot of these people, it's really just this kind of like strategic song and dance, this like strategic hall of mirrors. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what's also unfortunate is like um it's so hard to like have um to like publish such an article like as i did in a lot of other um like left-wing media outlets like and even though my thing was like essentially had like in a lot of ways like a leftist or orientation and was like sort of in like interested in like using those terms to talk about this thing and like ultimately sort of like the way I came came down on it was like the way that like a left wing take would, even if, if, though I was like pretty generous, I think. And um, but like that wouldn't like the <laughs> le the left wing people aren't interested in running this or like having anyone read it. And it's just like there's <laughs> yeah. a, such a huge there's a huge gap in like the um, uh, like the in the media basically, and like for a lot of uh, like there's just so many like nothing left-wing magazines that just like, they don't really publish a lot of really interesting or original or like, they sort of have, um, like they sort of have these uh, acceptable topics to talk about, but then like when you sort of get outside of that and it's like, um, uh -huh. they, don't know, they don't know how to like deal with something like the Bronze Age pervert and the fact that it's like queer or whatever, like they, like they, they would be like, oh, queer, that needs to be like, oh, like all this is, we can all hold hands and be like, 
Right. But there's still right. so much problematic stuff to map out too. And yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, the way that I've thought about this, cause I've been thinking about this like for a long time. Uh, and I think the way I see it is that there's, there's really only fundamentally two different ways to have a kind of intellectual project. You're either searching for something that's outside of you. That's uh, amenable to independent reality testing. So, so it's a real search. Like you're either finding the thing or you're not finding the thing. You're either getting closer to what it is you're, you're driving towards in, you know, the objective outside, or you're not making progress toward it. And, you know, that's a, that's a one way to sustain and, and motivate and organize intellectual, you know, energy with yourself or with other people. But there's a fundamentally different type of thing that people do, which is basically just playing word games with the, the word systems that they know to be recognized as valuable by other people. And it's like a completely different paradigm for like, you know, sitting down and moving words around on a page, a completely different type of psychological activity. And it's occurred to me recently, like very, you know, this is really coming to focus for me only recently in my life, how much of basically all mainstream, progressive, respectable, leftist, left-leaning uh, intellectual work is of the latter variety. It's, there's not, there's not like a search for something outside that's, that's uh, uncertain and, and hard to access, but can be approached with, you know, the right methods of truth seeking, whether it be science or theory or whatever it might be. There's like a kind of sense of what other people in your group like and value. And then there's just basically like demonstrations of one's symbolic prowess. Like how well can you creatively rearrange words that you already know to be liked and valued by other people who are going to like give you, you know, support for re rearranging those words in, in, in that clever way that you've rearranged them. But there's no like movement towards anything in the world. Um, and it's really only struck me recently how, how radical is that is the fundamental difference between those two totally different types of, of intellectual activity. That's just a bit of a rant. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Uh, no, I think, I mean, I think you're onto something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I kind of want to bring this, uh, there was something about Bronze Age mindset and uh, wanted to bring it back to, because we're sort of getting into like the left, um, the way that like leftists have to say about things. And then like you get outside of that and they don't really know how to like, it's like does not compute 404. And um, then it's like, oh, this is problematic. Well, and then there's that as I've seen on the, uh, the fascist side, <laughs> because um, like there was, since there's such a big following apparently of the uh, bronze age pervert and bronze age mindset and all the people that have um, been like tweeting stuff like pictures of the book with their like, like muscly arms being like, was journeying in the woods and wood nymph brought me this book. Like, what does it mean? <laughs> so, uh, that, um, like the, mm -hmm. so basically yeah. what I wanted to say was I didn't mean to really be like saying that this is, this is gay or whatever, as <laughs> I said before, but, um, that was like probably the most common, um, criticism from the people that were, um, like objected to it was like, I don't think like, sure you said all this stuff, but I still don't think that means he's gay or whatnot. And something that I didn't even say in the, in the piece itself. And, um, it was like wrote a bunch of paragraphs specifically to avoid that sort of accusation. But, um, still, I think that that's like a really like insightful thing because like it shows the sensitivity and also the importance of that issue 
relative to this because like I have no idea what the the author is like personally and like maybe he's like actually like this like gay dude that like lives with like his like male partner or maybe he's like absolutely not and like has never like done any sort of like anything like that but I think that's like completely irrelevant and I think that's like totally irrelevant to how I'm like analyzing this text and I was like I'm just talking about this text and also talking about like the social media personnel, like the Twitter feed as the text too. Well, anyway, and, um, but like, it's so, um, it's like such this like contested area. Like if you, if you start to like start to view it in the terms of like queer desire, like it's, you've like, it's like this forbidden, this forbidden thing, which I thought was really interesting because I was sort of like, wanted to approach it as like this thing that everyone sort of acknowledged, but like they were like, wink, wink, it's something else. Like, but like, we all are in the know here. And like, there is, <clears throat> but I really think that like, there's the two readings or like this, um, there's like a even bigger gap between like, on one level, like what like BAP is saying specific like all the like really like the queer innuendos and all the stuff that makes it sound like it's like out of naked lunch or something like all the things that are like really like i like dirty like anonymous like holes and shit <laughs> like that <laughs> and like then on the level of like how a lot of these like a lot of the fans sort of see it and they're like take it at face value and are like no no it's not there's nothing gay here so like um right. so Real quick, if I could jump in, uh, we got we got some uh, energy coming from the audience saying that uh, a few people are basically saying we we should talk about Twitter beefs. And uh, oh yeah, okay, I, uh, I'm in for this. <laughs> people are asking me about uh, logo Dedulous. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'm the I'm the absolute worst at keeping up on all the crazy people on Twitter. I mean, I I, I like the Twitter internet, you know, in, intellectual ecologies, but I, I I can't keep up with anything really. So. Um, because I'm too fucking busy doing productive shit, people, which you should be, all be doing also, by the way. I don't want to encourage yeah. your bad habits of uh, paying too people much People need to write things. Like, they need to actually write their own stuff. There, there are all sorts of people that were like, Jacobite, why did Jacobite write this thing by a left-wing person on this great book, on this, like, amazing book? And, like, it's like, you write something and send it in. Like, they'll, they're interested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, sure. for sure. Um, I'm very sympathetic to that, but... But no, I mean, this is kind of cool because what I like about this setup doing these hangouts is like people who want to just give like very low effort, uh, like pitches into the conversation uh, can do so in a way that like actually allows us to be more productive about it uh, yeah. instead, of, instead of just like volleys of like low effort antagonism on Twitter that go nowhere. At least here, people can pitch volleys of low effort um, provocations into the text chat and then yeah. maybe we can actually, you know, make some progress on them. So. I'm actually, so let's go with it actually. I, cause I am actually interested in following more and, uh, better, following better, like more closely the, all the, uh, all the weird internet ecologies. So do I mean, do you, Mike, do you know who logo Dedulous is? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I have a, um, a, an ongoing beef with him. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so tell me that beef. Tell me about it. Um, well, mostly it's like, uh, I just think he's like wrong about like everything, but he's like really outspoken in his views. And he like is interested in a lot of the same sort of like texts as I am, like the same like literature sort of stuff. But like, 
so just somehow he like has always like this terrible terribly wrong like just you can't even it's like i can't let this slide he's like educating all these like his like thousands of followers like this stuff that's just like completely mistaken well anyway how big is his following i think he's got like eight thousand something is he, is he is he really smart or not um i think he went to like nyu he's like i think he might be like a year younger than me or so um okay. i mean he's pro he's like well read i mean i'm sure but uh <laughs> uh i mean it's hard like high iq yeah but misses the point like probably most of the time <laughs> i would um he was a one of the big um antagonists of the of uh, my bronze age mindset review which i actually appreciated because i enjoy um like the beef gets things a lot of attention and um his his input was actually sort of substantial and mm. he, i think if i recall correctly he said that i was like so something about like patrician and plebeian levels of like ho homosexuality or so I, I could probably pull up his tweet in a second, but it was well, sort of like I was, uh, I was saying that he, what the bronze age pervert was a representative of some, I guess of the, not of the plebeian homosexuality, but of the patrician homosexuality or, or something. And I don't know. I, I, I don't think that I really would, viewed in those terms obviously but i thought it was like colorful <laughs> um does he write things at length like a blog he, or he should i don't think he does i mean uh robert mariani who's runs the or one of the co-people of of jacobite is i think has been trying to get him to write things for it <laughs> but okay. um he seemed apparently he's writing a book or so he said which i'm very excited to review oh really i've said okay. that i'm gonna review i'm gonna review every single frog twitter book <laughs> they're they're making a bunch they're, they're getting productive now inspired by the success of the bronze age mindset which is which is that is something i'm actually quite uh keen about i think that's really cool i mean i think with the the the, the quite a big splash that bronze age pervert was able to make for you know uh a, an anonymous like avatar theory account uh i i think that is going to really make a lot of people think twice about the opportunities for doing totally independent you know, book projects and stuff like that. And I, and I, I find that a very salutary opening. Yeah. It's like, why, um, like when you see something like this, like self-published that actually like makes waves of some sort, and then you see like, why would you want to like give money to vanity press, like zero books and like, like have to do deal with that and like go on their time frame and all that stuff. And it's like, I think that there is like kind of a lot of promise in it, which is like, good and um encourages people to write things but um we'll see we'll see because um there's also the challenge that people have like you gotta you gotta write your own book you gotta actually like still push it through so that's why i'm excited to see if logo daedalus makes a book because i would be very very interested <laughs> yeah i hope he does i hope lots of people do i hope everyone does that more i think that's yeah. awesome i mean there is a problem though i think with a lot of you know even quite smart people who are kind of like intellectuals on twitter that a lot of them just don't have their shit together enough to like do long sustained work. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's because it's just a totally different type of uh, skill or trait to actually carry out sustained long term intellectual projects. It, it, it requires yeah. like totally different mental muscles and just, you know, not everyone has them. And, and I'm not, you know, getting down on people like it's hard if you if you have a lot going on in your life or whatever, or if you just are low conscientiousness or whatever it might be. Um, but it, it does lead to kind of a, a quite a, a weird situation and, and qu quite a problematic situation in a lot of ways because Twitter lets like pretty 
sometimes pretty smart people like shoot these volleys into the mix. But my attitude is kind of, and I want to kind of engage everything. Like I, I, you know, I, I don't think you should have to like write a fucking book to, to be part of a, co a productive conversation, but I'm sort of like, if the effort is, if the effort and investment is a little too low, then it's a hard time. It, one has a hard time investing much effort in responding to it. So it's like my, I kind of have a philosophy right now that is like, if, if you want to like critique something I say or do, or you want to talk shit about me, like that's completely fine. And I'll even engage it a hundred percent. But you have to be able to at least just like put it into like a 300 word blog post somewhere outside of Twitter. Like if you can't demonstrate that like minimum uh, threshold of like care, then yeah. I'm not investing care into like engaging really. That's kind of my philosophy that I've, uh, I'm operating on right now, I think. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's all sorts of like, all sorts of like haters on Twitter that are just going to be like, like spew this vitriol and it's like okay it sounds like really intense if it's like in just like one single tweet and the whole thing is like vitriolic content but it's like how like okay just try to expand that into like like a thousand words and are is it going to be still as intense or is it going to make any sense at all or is it still going to like retain some sort of like structural dignity of an idea you know yeah so, right sort of like sort of deceptive but um but yeah, I mean, back on Logo, Logo Daedalus in particular, who I think like can cram a good amount of content, like idea content into into tweets, but like doesn't seem to be able to write like long, long form, which everyone seems to be trying to get him to do, myself included, because I would want to be able to engage the stuff on the long. So, you, form. so you're a fan. You're you're intrigued. Uh, uh well, <laughs> I'm not sure if I would say a fan. But but you know, you're you're an interested you're rival interested that you want to see. You want to see what could be made of his for sure, thoughts for yeah. sure for sure yeah well that's yeah. The, that's that's the that's the best kind of you know opposition uh, uh, an engaged constructive opposition that wants one's you know opponents to to do more or see more you know i think that's a that's good we're getting yeah. some we're getting some chatter i should try to i can't even keep up with it um so one thing some people people are saying is um well first of all i got some i got some I got some hard trolls in this in this chat. Yeah, what are they saying? I want to hear. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disregard the hard trolls because you know that's water off a duck's back. <laughs> I can't be bothered. Um, but I, that's probably just gonna encourage them to try harder. But um, there was one that I wanted to. There was something in here I wanted to address though, real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, there's some. There's actually some funny burns. You can go back <laughs> over it later, Mike. Um, okay. I wanted to spare you of the distraction. Um, oh, so Jason says, please go easy on Logo. He just lost his favorite SoundCloud rapper to senseless gun violence. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't be laughing. Sorry. Rest in peace. What was that guy's name again? <laughs> um, XXX Temptation. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? Or do you just like elide the extra X's? Uh, no, you definitely pronounce the X's. You say XXX Temptation? XXX, yeah. Three X's. See, I've never heard of him, and when I saw it in tech in writing for the first time, I thought it was just pronounced extantiation or something. <laughs> or, or, yeah, I mean, but. your guess is as good as mine. I feel like this is already like after my time too. <laughs> did you did you follow any of that or no? I mean, I followed it, and as much as I was like active on Twitter and saw like people talking about it, but I mean, I'm not really like a big fan. I I, I was sad when Lil Peep died, the other SoundCloud rapper that Logo Daedalus it was set, said. I think he said something about like. Like, uh, this year, like two of my SoundCloud rappers that I got into are dead. Like, how did that other guy die? <laughs> um, fentanyl overdose. Oh shit. That's yeah, that's hard. Um, 
one one person in the chat is asking me if I vape. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't vape, but you know what? I do sometimes smoke a tobacco pipe. How how trad is that? It's not really <laughs> it's not really to like be uh cool or anything, but I, I do do that. Um that tobacco is like a, a, a good little pick me up sometimes. Um what else? A lot of this sorry people, I can't address all these things, but some of these are interesting thoughts. Uh this is by far the most the, the most lively and interesting chat uh side chat that i've had in a google hangout so that's fun um all right i think we could just move on but uh i want to hear um, some of the other stuff um oh well i mean you can check it if you if you want to take a moment to okay. open it up in your tab you can follow it too i think but uh i wouldn't recommend it it's honestly it's quite hard to to follow it and also do the the, the hangout you're welcome. Okay. You're welcome to if you want to, though. Um, I just opened up the group chat side thing, and I it doesn't show me anything. No, so you'd have to go onto the um, page on YouTube uh, to see it. But then you have to be careful also because you have to make sure it's muted so that the audio from the video isn't coming back into the input, you know? Um, okay. No, no big deal. Um, I'll do it later. <laughs> yeah, I w if this was your first time doing a Google Hangout, I wanted to spare you of, of like, the, the complications. So, um... Yeah. So, all right, let's just, uh, let's move on, shall we? So, um, so what's your story, Mike? Anyway, I mean, I, th I think we've talked enough about bronze age pervert. I'm kind of sick of it. He's cool. <laughs> cool. I, so I, you know, I support all kinds of wacky intellectual projects. Uh, but I'm not infinitely interested in bronze age pervert. No offense, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I, I support you, but, um, uh, um, right. So what's your story? Like in a nutshell, like, uh, you're kind of not, like on the left or the right, but you written for Jacobite and, and and I mean, what's Jacobite story? Like they seem pretty, I guess, open-minded if they're open to like, you know, kind of like queer academic uh, restorations yeah, it's, of it's, the Bronze it's Age pervert. It's, it's interesting. And I'm also like, they probably would say something different than I would say. And um, I almost feel like they're, uh, they don't want to run as many of my things because <laughs> I'm really them, making them too left after no, no, I don't think, I don't, I mean, they're okay with it, but it's like, um, like, I feel like they want to sort of keep or like get back to like being like keeping with like right wing sort of things or because like they're sort of like anti shit, like the baffler and like the, like the left think piece mags that are like all kind of the same sort of like democratic socialist aligned Right. And, I, um, I get I get that they're sort of against that stuff, but I guess I mean they don't they isn't, isn't their slogan like post political? Yeah, and so I'm like, not really sure because like I wouldn't say I don't think there's any, any any such thing as post political, but I guess I guess what they mean by post political is like in the vulgar sense of like the SJWs being like everything is political, like the personal is political, like thus like me being so offended, I'm like so rightfully offended by the microaggressions because everything's political, and they're like, well, we're like post that. So I mean, right. fair enough, like good for them. And right. So in a nutshell, I mean, what what are like how how do you fall in kind of the the multidimensional like fringe ideological internet? intellectual ecology <laughs> well i mean i um depend it sort of depends i mean after writing this and um i feel like it makes me more like left-wing position just because it's like like you get all the shit from the like crazy right-wing people that like can't under like are just illiterate and <laughs> can't read the fact that i'm like not just trying to say bronze age pervert's gay and like okay so i identify a little bit more with the left-wing people after that but 
then like what next thing you do like hang out with like the like verso books people or like the like dsa people and then you're like oh my god i'm so right wing like <laughs> yeah no well you can't you can't roll with those people at all unless you're 100 percent those people yeah um do you know uh real quick mike do you know vince garten he's talking in the chat do you know him on twitter um i i think so yeah i i know him pretty well he's cool he's at he's saying that there's a uh there's a book called the political is political. <laughs> so, he th- <laughs> so he thinks that the next big thing is going to be nothing is political. Okay. Maybe. maybe. Um, shout out to Kittler. I uh, wish he was in the mix with y'all. I'm surprised he's not in the chat. He should uh, be. Kit- Kittler he's, is like he's afraid. He's afraid of showing his face or, or oh, whatever. Do you, do you know him on Twitter? Yeah. Does he give you a lot of shit or are you buddies or what? Uh, we're on the same side. <laughs> Interesting. Do you know why? Why does he hate me so much? <laughs> Um, uh, I think like, cause, uh, <laughs> you can be honest. You can be honest. I don't care. I'm just curious. Um, I don't know. He should, he should contribute. Why? I, uh, yeah, you're right. You don't have, you don't have to represent fucking uh, people like Hitler. That's fine. <laughs> that's, un- that's very unreasonable for me to ask you to like represent his views. Uh, uh no, I think cool. he would, I think he would say something like, um, cause like you sort of like try to straddle like the, like, um like the right wing trends and are like opportunistic about like kind of like jumping on that or like in sort of like disingenuous way or like the like disingenuous like post leftist sort of thing and uh right um i mean it's like fair and i think that's a fair thing for me to be accused of and i think that i would like if people were like you know I, the thing I've gotten more is like right wingers being like, "Oh, Mike, he's a secret fat or secret communist." Like he's like actually just trying to like infiltrate us and like make us like queer communists or something like that. Which I mean, good, good. And in fact, that is probably like my project. Like <laughs> my my project is to get on the payroll of Vox.com and Jacobite and uh, Social Matter and basically I'm. I'm- oh. I want to get on, I want to get Vice to pay me to go to China and meet Nick Land. Hell yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, I want to get Vice to pay me to go do interviews with neo-reactionaries and then like join the neo-reactionary cults on the dime of Vice. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Dude, well, I'm actually follow the Bronze Age pervert and, and like post pictures of you with your, with your wife or something, holding her, <laughs> holding the book and being like, like this this beautiful nymph gave me this book and what does it mean? <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. see all the, or I mean, referring to all the, like the pub publicity shit that BAP his Twitter retweets. I guess you can't see cause you're blocked. Yeah. I'm out of loop. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you have to make right. an alt, an, a non alt. So I'm curious, Mike, what's your, what's your like quick background story? Like where did you, where are you right? You're in DC, I'm in right? DC. Oh, I'm in Arlington, Virginia. Oh, okay. And can I ask what you do for a living or? Um, I edit reports for like, um, like international organizations for, um, at this like publishing firm and, um, yeah, just like that. And then also like, I'm interested in like reading, following, like, like the, the discourse. And, um, I feel like recently I've sort of taken an interest in like, um, sort of like right-wing extremist type stuff and in particular like talking about like 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 gender and like masculinity sort of stuff like i'm not sure if you saw the um incels article i wrote the elliot roger one that's another one where i talked about like the fascist like fascist like 
um, like structure of desire that is like informs like the incel quality Elliot Roger like drives him to like break down and then I like connect that to like celebrity breakdowns and stuff. But anyway, so that's like all like a related, I would say related study of like, like right-wing extremist, um, like, uh, like intersection of like the like queer desire sort of with um, a lot of the trends we see now that a lot of like the like mainstream media people have like no idea how to describe or talk about because like it just does not compute for them like right so. and you went to a university right I went to William and Mary oh right okay and I graduated a couple of years ago or like a few years ago and yeah I, I mean I'm not like in grad school or anything just, no, that's cool. How just old that. are you? Uh, twenty-five. Cool, cool. Um, so is is William and Mary? Do they have a lot of like right wingers? <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting, actually. I would say that the more right wing Virginia school is University of Virginia, which um, Charlottesville, where the Charlottesville rally, like the Richard Spencer and all that, all that stuff. Whereas William and Mary, I would associate more with like the. Seemed like there, there was like a lot of um, like just like Hillary liberal sort of people on one hand, like the regular normie people that are like, just all like just nice Democrats don't really question anything. And then right. like, there's, I don't know, maybe, maybe per capita William Mary has like more hipsters, like relative to like UVA. And I'm just comparing it to UVA because like, those are the two like main, like in state public schools for like Virginia. So, I mean, hey, Mike, have you, have you read hotel concierge's take on Elliot Rogers? I've not. Axon. I need someone to link that to me afterwards. All right, Axon and link that, please. Thank you for the tip. Um, what? Uh, there's something else I was gonna. Oh, Mike, were your parents? Uh, this is me, not the chat. Were your parents uh, Democrats or Republicans or what? Um, they're like. Uh, um, you don't have to like. <laughs> like conservative, but sort of like switched around with like the recent like. Um, election like all the there's been a huge flip in people's like americans political sense so they definitely right. identify more with like not trump uh -huh. for sure but uh -huh. um uh they're but like conservative in general beforehand okay. and stuff but um <clears throat> so, so you, yeah. were kind of, you were kind of born in, and raised in a, in a kind of conservative family is that fair to say yeah yeah I mean, when, sort of like cosmopolitan, like like Northern Virginia suburb still. So like, not like like authoritarians or all, right. I can imagine not, not like not like some like hippie family for sure. Yeah, I can I can infer a picture of of the situation. Um, what I was going to ask you also is, um, when you went to university and you kind of got educated, did you did that affect in you a kind of liberal progressive? sway or no um i mean like, I, uh, in other words I'm, I'm trying to ask if you got if you got the experience of being socialized into kind of like progressive um like dogmas or whatever uh i think it's kind of complicated because it's like the i don't think like the teacher or like the professors were like trying to like brainwash anyone um in fact i feel like i got the impression that in a lot of ways, they're like more conservative than like the students. But I think like, um, I mean, definitely read stuff that was like left bent 
that it's sort of hard to avoid with like a lot of like social social sciences sort of thing like i studied i was a german studies major and that's like german philosophy literature and um like the content well the philosophy program at william mary was like all the analytic stuff that i'm like not really interested in so i like didn't major in philosophy and so like what i would the stuff that I like to write about is like more of what was under like the German studies program. And that also kind of like ties in with why, like I would cite something like the Tavolite book in um, like my, the, in the bronze age mindset review. So, okay. yeah. but um, I mean, I don't think I was sort of like indoctrinated into that because yeah. there's like, I was really, I mean, when you're a college student, you sort of like seek out this stuff yourself because like people are like interested. The thing is cool and like revolutionary stuff is like cool and stuff. Like, and I mean, yeah, there's there's some also some like the edgy like like hard right wing stuff. Well, when I was in college and read um, uh, Ernst Jünger in the like uh, war literature class in in the German department, um, the professors were really harsh on Jünger and were like. Yeah, he's like basically like fascist essentially and like not good. And um, I don't, like at the time I was sort of like, sort of like, oh, well, he's got like a lot of interesting things that he writes. And there's like, I thought that the stuff that he, like as a college student and you read stuff like how he like took psychedelics and you're like, oh yeah, Ernst Junger, he's like actually like way cooler. And, but like, um, and so like less inclined maybe to like, take the professor's warnings about it at face value or stuff. But now like a um, few years after that, so I guess like four, four years since then. And you see like the stuff with like, um, like all, you know, 2016, like Trump, like all this, all the stuff going on in the world. Plus like, um, like in particular the bronze age mindset thing and like the response from my review. And it's like, I feel like a lot of the things that, are like the professor's criticisms of like Junger in particular that I'm referring to were like kind of on, on the money, like oh, now a little bit more than I did then. Cause I was then probably a lot more tolerant, I would say, or a lot more like willing to be like, Oh, I'll hear it out. Or like, I think that his like stuff, cause like he had some like, um, like philosophical tract Der Arbeiter, which is like, just recently translated in English and they're publishing an English version of it. But um, like that was essentially like this thing about like post-World War One like exaltation of like totalitarian society and like like the submission, like like the Bronze Age pervert, you must submit to the to the ma machine authority of the state and and all that. So I mean it sounded cool when it was like when you're like a college student and you're young and everything sounds cool and like anything that's like radical. And then you sort of like see things change. Like once the like neoliberal order is like starts to show its cracks and then it's like, Oh, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to go on this ride. <laughs> okay. Very interesting. Now the really difficult question though, Mike is from Trent Chadwick who asks if you were recruited by the CIA, the CIA during your time at the notorious CIA recruitment school, William is in William and Mary. Yeah. Uh, no, I was not. <laughs> oh, you slipped up there. You almost said yes. That sounds like... <laughs> I don't think I could ever, ever get a security clearance in a million yeah. years. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like whenever I meet people who like live in DC or in like Virginia, yeah, or, yeah, this I'm sorry, like, like the, the surrounding areas, I'm sort of like, uh, you know, I start to wonder if they are friends with Tara Burton. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it seems like everyone here is like somehow like got a security clearance of some sort and it's unsettling. <laughs> it's a weird part of the country. Like I find that whole air that whole part of the country just creepy. Like whenever I'm in G whenever I'm in DC, it just feels it feels off, man. I don't know. Where I don't from? know what it is, but where are you from? I'm from I was born and raised in New Jersey, actually. And then I, uh, I I live in the UK now. I usually when people ask me here where I'm from, I usually say Philadelphia because that's where I lived. Yeah. That's where I lived ten years before I moved to the UK, and it just has greater name recognition and it's close enough to New Jersey, so it just sounds cooler. Yeah. So, um, depending on who asks me, I'm either from Philadelphia or New Jersey. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, um, what else? are you most interested in nowadays like what are you what what's your next big project after the uh bronze age pervert um you know uh reclamation for the gays um i'm like sort of thinking about it i haven't really settled on anything well i have a long-term thing that is expanding the zizek uh jacobite article i wrote and um into like a full paper that i'm gonna submit to like some academic journal oh yeah and um that's like the basically the like the headline it had was zizek is a reactionary now which i'm not like i don't actually entirely agree with but like okay. it was really provocative and i didn't actually well i said that in the piece sort of as like a rhetorical like punch but um there's obviously like a lot to unpack but yeah it, the could you um, could you explain why I, I haven't followed any of that so i'd be curious to hear well um basically uh, Zizek is like stopped writing for a lot of like the same, the outlets that he used to write consistent op-eds for. And, um, like now he's just does like some every now and then like Russia today, RT online op-eds or whatever. And, um, just like his reputation since, the, uh, well, basically like during the Occupy movement, he was sort of like, regarded as a hero and like when he spoke like everyone loved him and it was like such a big deal and all the leftists were like yeah Zizek he's he's on our side and then sort of fast forward a few years and it's like 2016 and he's saying that he would vote for Trump if he was American and like people like Richard Spencer and Milo Yiannopoulos are saying Did he like, say that? I didn't even know yes. he said that. <laughs> yeah that's he's he, so it's like um so that's like big hit to I guess his his reputation for, uh, at least for like a lot of the leftists and um even though he was sort of like a lot of the things that he said were actually like uncanny like really correct or like the um he was an early critic of the um EU policies about like just letting in all the migrants and stuff and like essentially when he said like oh it's not we can't just like we can't just like let them all in and let it all sort it out, sort itself out. And I guess this is probably, it was in 2015. And when he said that, and that was like, you couldn't say that, uh, or people got really offended. And um, if I recall correctly, the, uh, there was really interesting um, back and forth between him and the now discredited Sam Chris about um, like the, like the, of a Norway or like the existence of Norway, like, as in all these like refugees wanted to get to Norway because they have such great stuff there. And um, like him, him and Sam Chris had this exchange over like whether or not they're right or wrong about like Lacan's idea of like the like object of des desire and like this unattainable object of desire. And 
I really remember that. And um, so that was like, um, that was, mm -hmm. well, yeah, that was just an yeah. example of like the criticism that he was getting from the left and the people right. were really upset. And then like, so then Trump ended up winning, like Brexit happened, like all this stuff with um, like pop, like right wing populism and things that like also went hand in hand with Zizek's um, lifelong like anti-political correctness thing and like calling political correctness totalitarian, all that. Right. So basically like at the end, I sort of, um, I sort of said that like Zizek was uh, not really interested in engaging like who he probably would be who are more interesting for him to engage in this time. Because if you're just like sort of posing, like he's always sort of like arguing against like this, like hypothetical social justice warrior, which I feel like is now like no longer what you need to argue against because like there, there's already been the high watermark of that. Like they're on the, like on the defensive and now like the, like the rightists are on the attack. And so, I mean, I feel like he would be, like more relevant or more like interesting, more like worth reading. Um, if you was sort of to like engage against some like like the Nick Land type of people, like the accelerationists, like for example. Yeah. yeah. Then then if he was just to be like, oh yeah, I'm arguing against like these academics that just don't get it or whatever. Cause you've see we've seen that a million times and it's no longer interesting. And yeah, yeah. that's interesting because um Slavoj Zizek is not active on Twitter, I believe, right? No, he should be though. Dude, we got to get him a Twitter account. Yeah, Someone set that up right now, and then email it to him, and just like get him, get him, get him uh, locked and loaded on that. And then we need to pull him into like accelerationist Twitter. Uh, we'll just like tweet at him until he like can't sustain, can't like hold himself anymore, and we'll just get embroiled in a Twitter flame wars. We need to get Zizek embroiled in hell threads on Twitter to to bring him to uh, you know his new intellectual life. Zizek version 3.0. Oh, I agree. by the way, we got Crypt in the house. Do you know Crypt on Twitter? I do. Crypt he recently he recently unblocked me. Crypt is in the house. He wants to he wants us to talk about the occult themes in Bronze Age Pervert. Do you have thoughts? Um, like what? Well, I mean, Crypt, like what to say about it? Well, Crypt, I think, is really interested in in the whole in like things like bronzing. Like, what's what? Like, what is the what is the significance of? of of the bronzing and things like that he think crypt thinks that it's transparently alchemical for instance um but if you don't have any thoughts don't feel any pressure to i i'm afraid that i you know don't really have anything very valuable to add to that question personally although it's intriguing um i mean i feel like i'd have to like really get go back to it because i haven't actually like seriously revis revisited the book since like i wrote the review but um there's like a lot of alchemical stuff that they're talking about that like i guess was really would be really interesting to someone who's like really interesting really interested in like the alchemy occult type of stuff i mean um yeah, I there's they, a I lot in that book there's like so many different threads and like the sort of like queer thing that i identified as like the most interesting because i thought it was like the most complicated and like nuanced and like sort of against itself in a sense that's why i zeroed in on that but like and um, like didn't talk as much about like the occult, like alchemical type of stuff that like, I guess other reviewers might've been more interested in. But I mean, I just like didn't really find that the most interesting part about it to be, to be honest, like. Fair enough, yeah. 
Um, I mean, I think it speaks to the point about how uh, Bronze Age Pervert seems pretty clearly to be a, a melange of a few different authors. Like, I think they probably, yeah. I think it's like, they were like, all right, let's get a gay guy. Let's get someone interested in occult shit. Uh, let's get uh, someone who writes articles for Vox.com. <laughs> let's, like, <laughs> let's like, let's like all get into a room and uh, like theorize some possible account, probably funded by uh, Moldbug, who's probably funded by the Vatican. Sorry, I'm. It slipping seems like in, everyone knows other mode. Everyone knows Moldbug. Everyone seems like they're a, they're like associated with him somehow. He's Fair he's enough. everywhere. Well, I think apparently he goes to all the parties in the Bay Area. Oh, is that right? Well, I'm told. <laughs> I think I think the esteem for Moldbug is is well earned. I think uh, I think the Moldbug the Moldbug writings are on the whole like you know quite an impressive and uh, significant little intellectual achievement. I think actually, so I, I think I think that makes sense. Um, Crip says I can confirm the project was funded by Orbit Star Sales. <laughs> Uh, it's hard, it's hard to get tone on these chats, so I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that's uh, being comedic, but I can't be sure. Uh, Moldbug hung out with Thiel with Teal on election night, says someone. Uh, oh, Urbit, uh, that makes more sense. Uh, the, yes. the, the project was funded that's by thing. that's, by that's Moldbug's thing. Star yeah. sales. Um, yeah, no, that's 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 a whole interesting other can of worms, which I don't really have any you know interesting insider information about or very sophisticated comments on, but like the, the, the kind of neo-reactionary intellectual slash political orbit, it, it, it is very fascinating. And uh, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about it though. Apparently um, Moldbug had said something about um, Bronze Age pervert. Like, let me, let me try to pull it up. It was like, um, he had said that he could be like the, like a standard bearer or some hmm. oh it, I, i'm reading the nick land tweets that were defending my piece and quote Moldbug thought the parentheses great bap was an opportunity for subversive humor but such a sense of irony is rarer and more precious than you might think <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah I, I guess he had said something about um like how like the, I guess the irony of Bronze Age pervert was like potentially like a model of like subversive right wing irony, like in particular, and right, which I would have agreed, I would have agreed with, but um, I think that like, like judging from the response that it got, and like how I feel like a lot of people like didn't actually like don't actually see this on like this ironic level, and really like take it as this like essentially religious like distinction is like, well, I think that that's not necessarily true anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Crypt says that he thinks the irony reading is bad. Well, the, the, I mean, there has to be some element of, of there is, there is irony. There's no, there's no way that there's just not any irony. Like, I just think that that's there's something, there's something that's going just on. painfully naive to say like what, so you seriously think that he's like a hundred percent, like totally legit in all this. Like, I don't, you know, it's well, just yeah. impossible. Maybe, maybe you might call it something other than irony, but there's definitely yeah, some sort sure. of, you know, uh, uh, distance or, you know, some sort of comedic detachment. Yeah. Of some yeah. kind of, I think that's, there's a great, a great part where he's like, I don't do irony. I don't know anything of this gay irony. And <laughs> you know, I cited that in my, uh, in my piece. 
Obviously, I, I think that's an ironic statement. <laughs> well, you know, actually, one of the things that I thought was interesting in, in, at the beginning of your piece is when you you kind of draw the parallels to to Nietzsche, specifically in terms of the you know the 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 sociological and material background of of the publication of Bronze Age Mindset. You know, the drawing attention to the fact that on some level you can think of Nietzsche as an incel, um, yeah, you know, and a, and a and a bitter, rejected, you know, man who had to self-publish his books to small audiences. Yeah, you know, I thought that I thought that was actually a really, you know, worthwhile little, um, you know, comparison uh, because you know we have this tendency right now, and and you know, uh, in the contemporary times, to kind of think about people like Bronze Age Pervert or Moldbug or, you know, these like independent intellectual projects that are kind of just constituted fully on the web without any kind of institutionalized endorsement. Well, I think, I really do think that Bronze Age Pervert is, is questionable there because I, I think there, I really do think that like my, my video series was obviously comedic, but I definitely think there's some amount of um, coordination between um, like people at Vox and Tara Burton and, and uh, the author of Bronze Age Pervert. I'm not an actual conspiracy theorist. I don't think, I don't know how, I have no idea like what's going on and whatever it is, I doubt that it goes that deep, but I definitely think there's some kind of coordination going on there. So I don't think that, um, you know, I actually don't see the Bronze Age Pervert as like a totally independent kind of like bootstrapped thing. I think it was like a little bit more uh, strategic than that. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, you know, the, the, my point being that it is, it is useful to remember that uh, you know, someone like Nietzsche, who we today are largely admire and see as like heroic, you know, admirable, impressive, uh, intellectual of the highest caliber, you know, really, really was kind of like some, you know, like a, he, like a failed academic, like writing on the internet, um, yeah. who couldn't get a publisher sure. and had like very small number of readers and was generally kind of seen as like a joke, at least in the, you know, at the beginning. Um, People trust Nietzsche way too much. He's he is a philosopher that is um, like the like the leftists definitely trust Nietzsche too much. They sort of like let him in and they let him have their like make dinner for him and like give him a place to stay. And he's like he's not really on their side. And um, I also feel like that in that sense, like the uh, a lot of the people are way too trusting of Bronze Age pervert. And like they're sort of like taking him at face value or sort of like not really reading all the other stuff that like the things that they might not want to be thinking about. And like like the leftists reading Nietzsche, they want to sort of like downplay like his elitism or like his like the the sort of um, like exaltations of violence and stuff that he's like spends a lot of time talking about. And like, sure, like you can sort of there's like a lot of layers of like irony and meaning in Nietzsche that like, yeah, it doesn't mean it like this in that sense, but well, you know, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> so, uh, I think that, um, in a lot of ways, like we need to be like critical of Nietzsche and, um, like sort of look at actually like heed his own messages about like interpretation and like, like, reading and not just like actually like being so enamored by it that we're like oh he's just like me like i really want to be just like him and because i feel like there's some level where like people are sort of like fall into this like enamored idealization of like this like personality that sort of comes through of a text and now i'm speaking of i'm speaking of both nietzsche and the bronze bronze age pervert thing so um 
that's why I thought like the, a lot of the, in fact, that's how I ended my, my review was like, these people are like, do they, like, they're not really reading it that well. And that's very on the chain of them. And, um, like, I mean, I think that's true because like they're being nowhere near skeptical as like they're saying they should be themselves. So it's like this sort of like, right. Really ironic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. And wait, I wanted to ask you again about something you said earlier in the conversation. I think you said um, you were wondering if if Jacobite will not want to publish you anymore after this. Do you, were you being serious uh, or no? Not really. I mean, oh, okay. like, they, I think they'll probably want to like um, change it up a little bit because I've like written like three things for them in the past like two months. So it's been a lot of like like my stuff specifically, and um, with each each one of them, there's like all these people that are like. Oh, this guy's not a Jacobite. Like he's a Jacobin. Like it's so different. <laughs> well, I think so, I mean, I I think it's pretty cool of them that they w are willing to you know publish that angle that you published. That you know a kind of yeah, it does have a kind of leftist kind of flavor to it. I mean, it's That's, a lot. Yeah, it's just yeah. a lot more interesting. or gets a lot more attention if like the this like controversial thing that is like not just some fawning like exaltation of like the Bronze Age pervert thing. If it's actually like critical people want to read it more than if it's just oh this is so great let me analyze all the themes like what are the themes like this theme is really cool like this one's really cool too and he does a really good job talking about it like right well i I, I, I think it i think it speaks favorably of jacobite though that they're you know not too hyper allergic to you know yeah some, some you know I, I like, want more people to submit to them they need more stuff like they need more stuff to to give it you know I, I like think, that. I think any any kind of small online magazine always needs. Yeah, it's al it's always in need of like high quality, fresh content. It's I mean, it's just hard to. That's why it. Logo Daedalus needs to submit something. All right. Well, here you go. Officially, uh, Logo Daedalus is being called out in public. Uh, yeah. In in video, uh, no <laughs> less. So maybe that will, um, maybe that will get him going. Uh, I I feel like I'm really falling behind in the chat, but there's just too much stuff going on. Uh, Crypt says that he thinks he specifically accused you of being a Jacobin. <laughs> yeah, I think um, he did. I think he did specifically. <laughs> uh, Trent says that Nick Land's enjoying a break with the boys in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I, here's a question for you. Uh, where is Zizek right now in the world? Like, where is he living? Uh, cause you know, he might be hanging out in Shanghai with, with Nick. I don't know. Well, uh, that would be something. I think Zizek might be planning his like big, uh, neo-reactionary, uh, return to to the public sphere. Well, I think uh, that I think that Zizek has read my piece about him because I got an email from the International Journal of Zizek Studies <laughs> for about that, and was like, "That's something that he's like on the board of or whatever." So I'm I'm waiting a response from him. <laughs> Dude, if you talk to him, please tell him to come on my YouTube channel. <laughs> I know I will. Uh, if you talk to if you if you talk to Zizek, uh, please just say, "Look." Slavoy, I know this guy. His name's Justin. Really nice guy to talk with. Really fun to hang out with. I can vouch for him. Uh, do a Google Hangout with him. I saw him back speak speaking back in like 2015 um, at like NYU in DC, and he like um, during this lecture that was mostly about political correctness. He said like the N word like five times, Did and he? it was like yes. And at that time, like all there's all these like academics in the room and stuff, and like you could tell that people were like like didn't know what to do because they'd be like 
they knew that they were supposed to be offended like this some some white man like he can't say the n-word and but like they're also sort of like enamored with the celebrity at the same time it, uh -huh. it was really fascinating and yeah and that's, like that's... did it and then you kept pushing it <laughs> yeah that's that's fascinating that's edgy as fuck um <laughs> Uh, Vince is saying that we should do a round table with Zizek, Nick Land, and Dugan. <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, I don't know if you saw... I think like, Dugan is probably overrated. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, people people like him. I, I think that uh, he's he's interesting, but in, until I... I'd have to... I have to read his, his book, I guess, but... I think... I like I'm Land gonna, and Zizek. I think I'm going to burn the absolute last ounce of academic cultural capital that I have as a proper academic on putting together a funded round table with basically it'll be a large round table. It'll be Zizek, Nick Land, Dugan, Moldbug, <laughs> uh, Bronze Age Pervert, <laughs> uh, and uh, who else? Uh, Kitler, maybe. And a few, like a, hand, a handful of like low level uh, internet trolls. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Logo Daedalus. <laughs> I have to read this guy now, Logo Daedalus. Well, it's just like a bunch of tweets. He he doesn't like make any content himself unless, and then if he does, I make fun of it and then he like stops doing it. Dude, I mean, people, if you're really good at Twitter, like if you just find yourself like flowing on Twitter like crazy and you write like a lot of thoughts on Twitter, you just turn that shit into a book. Why not? That's what I think he's doing. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> it's not a bad model. It's probably, probably fits. That's, that's like what the Bronze Age Pervert thing is. It's exactly like that. A lot of the stuff in the book is like his tweets recycled, I think. Like there are a lot of things that I recognize that I feel like I had seen before. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad model. I mean, I've kind of been experimenting with like kind of unifying my workflows in a sense. Like I write stuff and then I kind of plan like a video that's kind of based on it, but extends it a little bit. Uh, and then I think about like, who do I want to have a conversation with that might like have something to do with this. And I mean, I think that's definitely the future. Like people who are doing, people who are trying to do like creative intellectual work right now. Like the, the, the future, the immediate or near future of like significant, I think progress in, in, in this dimension of like, of actually creating new forms of, uh, production really will be, will be basically people who figure out how to make all of these different platforms kind of work for their own intellectual, uh, machinery. Oh know? yeah. There's like a, um, it seems like there's people always trying to like say like like what happened to the public intellectual like why is jordan peterson like the one public intellectual now and it's like i think a really stupid um discussion because there's like so many people out there like making stuff or like talking about stuff that they just don't know where to look and like sure there's not very many like on tv and a lot of the people that they get like to be talking heads on tv and stuff like are full of shit and like no, no one really actually respects them either but like there's a lot of stuff going on that is just like in parts of the internet or like that like the mainstream media like the vox people usually don't venture toward and like the exception is like that that vox piece that was like oh bronze age pervert like maybe he's like breaking ground and whatever so but <clears throat> i do think that like a lot of the things are going to be yeah like distributed through social media and um like people that are like really savvy using those platforms and like like produce like short form like twitter friendly youtube friendly content and um like do a good job of it are going to be like sort of the vanguard of that 
And yeah. um, I think like Jordan Peterson, I don't really know very much Jordan Peterson stuff. Like he's sort of someone that I've like consciously tried to ignore because I'm sick of hearing people talk about him. But like he kind of, I think he's got like a lot of YouTube videos and stuff. Like he's oh, yeah. Yeah. particularly savvy of using the social media platforms and like being like an alternate to like the mainstream sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I can share something on here that I've never, I don't think I've actually like said anywhere in public, but I will admit wholeheartedly to being a total kind of like Jordan Peterson, early, early watcher. Like I was watching, uh, and, and pretty like diehard. Like when I first found him on YouTube or on the internet or whatever, like it was probably about a year ago. It was like well before his like major surge to fame. Uh, I guess at that point, I, if I heard about him, he was like fairly uh, well known, I guess, in, in some circles. And I, w I, w I got very intrigued by him. I was just curious about like what this random academic psychologist guy was saying in his videos. And then you learn that he's kind of like, you know, mentioning Nietzsche and mentioning interesting kind of ideas that you wouldn't normally hear in a psychology lecture. And then you're kind of like, OK, there's something there's something going on under the hood here. That's like, you know, whatever you might say of it. I'm sure there's lots of good critiques. Um, there's something there's something real going on. There's something like sincere and, and interesting, at least that this guy is like, you know, pretty passionately interested in expressing and, and expounding over, you know, several years of 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 YouTube lectures, really. So yeah, I, I got in, I got into it like pretty early and got quite intrigued. And 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 basically, I mean, I I found him at the time that I found him. I thought it was really, really useful and stimulating and um, edifying, you know, and I think in in like a pretty um, simple way, to be honest, like it wasn't like super highbrow experience. I mean, I think he's I think he's totally smart. Like I'm not shitting on him or, or taking distance or anything um, to distance myself from like his fanboys or whatever. Um, but I think like my appreciation of him was quite similar probably to what most of his like current fawning like fanboys experience, although I'm not like a fanboy. Um, but I, I, what I'm saying is I can I can I have some personal experience with why I think like so many people, uh, especially young men, like love him so much. I'm not like spawning, yeah. but but I get it. And and there's something. Yeah. So so I, I kind of uh, this is all just a roundabout personal story about how. Uh, I think you're totally right that basically there are some people that are already using things like YouTube to 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 initiate like fundamentally different types of uh, intellectual uh, projects over the long term. But it's also new. So who knows where any of it will how any of it will shake out. Yeah. And that there's that. And I think with like someone like Jordan Peterson and like a lot of the stuff that's come up with him and also the stuff that I've been writing about, too, like stuff about like masculinity is like such this like contested territory because like like um coming out of like a lot of the like um social justice sort of things were like ascendant and um like a lot of the feminist uh stuff like got like really a lot of traction and as kind of as i said before like i think like hit a high watermark in like um as far as like the public uh public sense of these sorts of things and um now like we've seen like like a reaction to it in a sense and um so like now the reaction is trying to like sort of like stake out claims and i think like the place where it's staking out claims is on like what like men what it like means to be a man and like in particular like the what like the modern man is and um so that's why there's like all the sorts of stuff that's like trying to like 
go into the past and like see like what this like idealized like male form is and right so i mean in this sense i like totally am on like the left wing side because like i think the um like chauvinist masculinity sort of thing is like total total bullshit like i think it's like this like just this um like thing that people are chasing that they're like trying to trying to get to and like it never really was anything like it we're just going to sort of like see a lot of the like make a lot of the same realizations that you like see like past feminist sort of things Hmm. making that's interesting yeah so i think like um uh yeah so you're 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 not so into kind of uh masculinity and well i mean like i'm I'm like a man, like a cis man that like presents as a man. And I like see myself as like a guy and like I, so, I mean, it's sort of like a part of me and stuff, but yeah. I don't like, I don't really feel like I have to like prove myself in some ways. I don't know. Maybe I'm like well socialized and stuff or yeah. I'm fully Oedipalized as uh, like Freud would say. And, but well, I, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I, I, I kind of have a bit of a rant to give here. I mean, I think that, um, I'm I'm with you in the sense that like I I to this day remain you know something of a feminist. I mean I I also think that like the history of masculine ideals is largely you know uh, very mythical and can often be oppressive and and does contribute to a lot of like fucked up shit. And I'm yeah. also and I'm also like you know very supportive of like gender self determination and all of that sort of stuff. Like I I think people should be free to do whatever they want uh culturally you know with with themselves with 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 their gender with their expression with their performance of themselves um i'm like 100 percent supportive of of that sort of stuff um but w- i guess what i will say that perhaps is, is a little bit against what you were saying is that i definitely do think that the kind of right-wing talking point about how um feminism kind of does teach men to like really in internally like hate themselves a bit oh i mean i think that's uh, true and i think that's yeah. bad yeah yeah uh, so so yeah so so we agree on that then yeah I, I think that that's very real and i think that you know someone like jordan peterson and his like rise to to extraordinary fame and, and appreciation by so many people is is very much a, because because of this and like yeah. the reason i don't talk much about jordan peterson is because i don't i don't think i ha- i i don't have much like new or interesting to say like m- i have i wasn't a, a, actually a fan of him uh kind of from from the early days or by fan. I just mean like I watched a lot of his stuff and thought it was worth watching. Um, and it was largely to be honest, like for personal reasons related to precisely this stuff that we're talking about. Like I had spent several years kind of like living fully in kind of like the, the left wing SJW kind of like mentality. And like when, I don't know, I, I think it is basically true that like when men kind of like are overly immersed in that culture, um, they, you really do start to like, fuck yourself up pretty badly with like your mental uh routines and and you know what like it's really really hard um to get out of that if you don't have like someone who's at least like semi-intelligent kind of like speaking at you alternative you know uh signals you know and so it makes i completely understand the psychology of people who got real especially young men who got really into jordan peterson because i kind of experienced it myself like it's not that fancy or highbrow necessarily Although I think Jordan Peterson is certainly, you know, quite smart and makes, you know, good highbrow arguments. It's just the basic reality that, you know, if you're fucking depressed because you're like living a shitty kind of like, uh, 
like sterilized kind of like neutered um life uh because of like the self-loathing ideas that you're like constantly telling yourself and trying to behave by you know like if you find some like even semi-smart guy who's like saying at length why a lot of that is stupid and fucked up like you're you're gonna you're gonna immediately feel like okay this gives me avenues for feeling like better about myself for feeling healthier for feeling more you know confident and excited about life and 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 my my possibilities in life like it's 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 completely unsurprising to me that very large numbers of people when all they have is kind of like liberal media like feminist culture are going to find yeah. jordan peterson and they're going to be like yes okay give me more of this guy please yeah and i mean there there's like a big difference in like what one person's like surrounded by and i mean like if when i was in college and stuff and like just surrounded by like students and all the like hipster kids at William and Mary and stuff. And like, they're like, like puritanical ideology essentially. And like, I was like a lot more like against like the like trigger warning sort of stuff. And like a lot of like things like sort of made me more like, uh, I felt like I needed to like argue against that a lot more. But since I've like graduated and basically I'm just like in like bourgeois society of like this urban life and stuff. And I mean, you probably have a different one cause you're in academia still, but like, right. Like you're a professor. And so it's like a different, different climate. And like, so like, I feel that I'm not really sort of arguing against the same sort of people because I also have a different audience. And a lot of my audience is also like involved with like the right wing stuff, which I feel like with the perspective of like out being out of academia and stuff, like I sort of see it in a different way, or I feel like it's a lot less seductive than it like might've been otherwise. And, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I could see that. Um, someone, we're getting some questions about the stuff we're talking about, but, um, and I appreciate those questions, but to the people asking them, I'm going to, I'm going to politely decline to talk much more about, the whole like feminism, Jordan Peterson thing, not because they're bad questions or because I'm not interested in it, but just because I, I'm very cautious about not wanting to be like some sort of like a uh, uh, performer of these kind of like well-worn ruts in the contemporary culture wars. Like I, I'm, I'm, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to be like, you know, I'm not interested in kind of like rehearsing uh, basically like anti-feminist critique. Or, yeah. We'll yeah, just go in uh, circles, really. Yeah, there, I mean, there's lots of interesting debates to be had, but I guess there's there there are a lot of certain kind of hot talking points and kind of mental uh, ruts that are very well worn grooves right now in in kind of contemporary debates about these things. And I just instinctually try to uh, wh whenever I feel myself kind of uh, moving close to them, I try to just go in a different direction because yeah, who, uh, who needs to kind of rehearse? well-known talking points. Um, so thank you for those questions. I'm not dodging them. I just don't especially uh, want to talk too much about that. We can talk more about it later. Um, yes, as Bruce says, in other words, anti-SJW content is gay. <laughs> that's, one <way. laughs> that's, that's one way to put it. Um, uh, so you know what? I mean, Mike, this has been really fun. Uh, you're a super interesting dude. I'm kind of feeling like I'm starting to kind of run out of steam. We've done like an hour and a half now. So yeah, yeah. You're probably uh, me pretty, too. <laughs> this has been good though. You're probably a little fried too, right? Yeah, yeah. We should um uh, tie it up. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I hope I'm. I hope I'm not overtaxing you. What is there any like other outstanding questions that like we can maybe hit like really fast? Um, no. I mean, there are always uh, lots of questions that 
one conversation can never get to. So um, I could easily think of a bunch of things I would love to hear more about your thoughts on, but um, who cares? It's just wrap it up whenever we're tired. So, <laughs> all right, word. But uh, <laughs> I hope good. was this uh, was this fun for you? I hope <laughs> I had a good time. Um, I look forward to like uh, doing future stuff or like a panel with the other like maybe we'll get Nick Land on here. Oh well, I did. A <laughs> I, did I recorded a podcast with Nick a, a couple weeks ago, actually. It was, I think it was really interesting and really, I got, really I got cool. That. Yeah. It's sort of, it, it's in the queue. It's going to, I think it, I think it actually might be due to come out next. Oh, you haven't even time. released it yet. No, I do like a bunch of them. And then I kind of build like a backlog so that I can do like reliable weekly releases. Um, yeah. So I, a couple weeks ago I did like a shitload and then soon I'll do a shitload. Um, actually Thursday, I'm going to do one with Robin Hansen. Do you know him? Uh, I think so. He's an economist at uh, George Mason. He's very interesting kind of. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's super smart and very, you know, he's like libertarian, I guess. But, yeah. you know, everyone he, at George Mason's libertarian. Yeah, it's like true. Libertarian but, headquarters. Yeah. But I think th they're also like they're not really left or right. They're libertarian, but they're they're very like free thinking people. I yeah. Think. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'll be talking with Robin Hanson on Thursday. Uh, I'm interested in that. Uh, that should be cool. And um, oh, but yeah, you mentioned Nick Land, right? So. Uh, we did a podcast and that will come out soon, hopefully. So yeah, you might, I think you might be interested in actually a lot of the themes that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, cause I think it sounds, it seems like you and I kind of probably agree on a lot of things. It seems like we have a similar vibe maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we fleshed it out, I, I, it would be, we could, um, may, we might be like mirror image or like a sort of like reverse because I feel like you probably have like the opposite, like you're in academia, but you're trying to like not be that. And I feel like I'm like not in academia, but like in a way sort of like try to like take that up and. Oh, like, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right. Cause you're, you're, you're trying to write like scholarly articles and stuff like that. And that's kind of what you're trying to move towards and work on. And yeah. And I'm an academic and I'm trying to like spend all my time on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, uh, I'm glad you uh, enjoyed this. I hope. And uh this was very definitely interesting and uh, you're, you're easy to talk to. So uh, yeah, definitely let's stay in touch if you want to, uh, you know, ever talk again, or if you want to do something else. Um, if you know of anyone else, may, like these Google Hangouts, like, you know, you can have multiple people on them. So if you, you know, know anyone cool that you think would want to talk with all of us, we could talk or bring in other people, do whatever, you know? Yeah, I'll work, uh, I'll work on that. Yeah, work on getting Zizek. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that, that's that could be a stretch, but we'll see. No, that's your main task. Do it or never come back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much, Mike, for uh, talking with me. This was this was really fun. Not a lot thank of you, not, thank you for having me on. <laughs> but you might be surprised, but not everyone in the world uh, is super excited to have long conversations with total strangers. So uh, I know it went pretty well, considering. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. It always goes well. It's always fun. It's always yeah. easy. I mean, uh, but most people, not everyone. It doesn't suit everyone. Like not everyone. Uh, is open to that idea. So I thank you for being open to that idea. Yep. Well, thanks again for having me on. You got it, Mike. Uh, I'll be in touch with you. Yep. See ya. All right. See you later, dude.